Hello and welcome to Females in Fitness, a weekly podcast dedicated to educating and inspiring you on everything health and fitness. I'm Erin Barber, a personal trainer, strength and conditioning student and yoga teacher. Each week I'll be introducing and interviewing women that work within the health and fitness sector and bringing their knowledge directly to you. Hello everyone and welcome to today's Females in Fitness podcast. Today we are here with Kirsty Batchelor, who is a musculoskeletal physiotherapist with a special interest in pelvic floor health. Hello Kirsty. Hello, that was a very good introduction. <laughs> Honestly, I have to say my words so like forced to make sure I don't sound like I'm too much in Manchester. Uh, <laughs> So nice to meet you, Kirsty. Um, before we like delve into the topic, please could you just um, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. Well, as you said, I'm Kirsty, and I am a musculoskeletal physiotherapist. I I graduated in 2008, actually, which feels like a lifetime ago. Yes. <laughs> um, and I went to Manchester, so MMU. Yeah. Um, I've worked in a few NHS trusts in my time and I've worked in every area you can probably think of when it comes to physio. So I've worked on transplant unit at Withenshaw, I've worked on intensive care units, paediatric intensive care, of course I've done musculoskeletal. I've worked on head and neck surgery, I've worked on burns units. So I have quite a lot of, I guess, diverse experience yeah, in definitely. lots of different in lots of different areas. Um, I went private about five years ago, but before I went private, I took a year off physio because I just decided I wanted to see what else was out there because I went to, obviously I studied at school, I went to university, I did physio, and I kind of, that's all I'd ever really thought about being a yeah. physio. So after working in the NHS, I took a year off and I ended up working for the Warehouse Project and Park Life Festival. That's very diverse. <laughs> exactly, because I love hosting and I like events. So I just decided to see what the events world was like. And of course, up until COVID, I yeah. still worked for uh, the Warehouse Project and Park Life Festival. So I did part-time music events and part-time um, being a physiotherapist. You know what, though? I don't feel like that's uncommon anymore. Uh, we're at an age where people do more than one job. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> exactly. And it's, that suits my personality because I like to do lots of um, different things. So that's worked out. That's worked out well. And then I guess currently... I work in private practice at a place called Altius Healthcare. And I also, as I just showed you, have my own little home studio and home physiotherapy room. Which um, for everyone who can't see, it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically I treat anything that relates to your tendons, your ligaments, your joints, your muscles, your bones. And then I also ha now have this special interest in pelvic health. Um, and I'm also a mummy MOT practitioner, which is basically a comprehensive postnatal checkup that you can have from six weeks to any time 
postnatally. We can talk about that a little bit later. If you yeah, want definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and I also teach physio-led Pilates for Block. Um, but of course, the studio is closed at the moment, but yeah. I will be back. Yeah, we're all out of jobs at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know. And then I'm actually also, this is not physio related at all, but I'm also renovating a camper van. Um, oh my God, right. I want to do this and I've been looking <laughs> at a van, so we don't need to talk about this on the podcast, but I'm definitely going to be asking you questions. We'll talk about the camper van afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool because I'm literally planning to do the exact same thing myself um, and I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah, so it's nice to talk to some people. Um, so I think first thing is to clear up. So you brought this question up to me because I just didn't even think to throw this out there. But for people that don't know, what is the pelvic floor? Okay, yeah, good, <laughs> good question. Yeah. Um, so your pelvic floor is a group of muscles, fascia and ligaments, and it sits at the bottom of your pelvis and it supports your pelvic organs. So in me, it supports my um, bladder, it supports my womb, and it supports my bowels. Um, it's important for controlling your continence. So that's being able to control going to the toilet. And it has a role in sexual functions. It also controls intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. So when, so basically intra-abdominal pressure is any pressure when you cough or sneeze or laugh, move, um, your pelvic floor is active during that time to help controlling your continence, basically. Yeah, so um, like when I run, I feel like I really need to go to the toilet every time I start running. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about your pelvic floor afterwards as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, that's what your pelvic floor is, but I think it's good to be able to visualize your pelvic floor. And if you visualized a hammock, say, and that hammock was sitting at the bottom of your pelvis. So if you think about where your tailbone is, yeah, and that hammock running from your tailbone all the way to your pubic bone at the front of your pelvis, and yeah. it attaches along the way, on various different points and also the muscle has um, openings I guess for your urethra your vagina and your anus so that's kind of a visualization I have a really lovely picture of the pelvic floor in my studio um, but no one will be able to see that but my friend Poppy who's an illustrator drew the pelvic floor so that when I was explaining the pelvic floor to clients and patients that you can visualize it because I think it's yeah. difficult to visualize your pelvic floor sometimes because you know your bicep you can look at it you know yeah. you know what happens when it bends and extends your elbow you can see the muscle working but it's sometimes more difficult to visualize um, your pelvic floor um, but your pelvic floor doesn't just work in isolation um, it's part of that deep inner core unit, I guess. And so your inner core unit includes your diaphragm at the top. You yeah. have your pelvic floor at the bottom. You have some deep back muscles at the back. And then you have some deep tummy muscles at the front. So that's your transverse abdominus. And they basically work together in a happy, friendly team. And if one of those factors or maybe a few of those 
parts aren't quite working in synchrony together, um, you can get problems with your pelvic floor. Uh, okay, and just to refer back to what you said at the start, I've just mm. had another thought. Um, for people who also may not know, because I don't think this is common knowledge, could you just explain what fascia is? Because oh, I realise, I just, I, I, I know when speaking to people, a lot of people don't yeah. know what, because it's not commonly taught, I don't think, for a lot of people. So could you just give us like a very brief little intro into what fascia is? So fascia, for anybody that wants to learn more about fascia, because I'm going to explain this like really basically, <laughs> and someone will probably say there's more to it than that, which there of course is. Everyone should buy Thomas Myers Anatomy Trains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because that is a great book and it explains everything. But if you think about your fascia as being connective tissue that joins everything together. So no muscle works in isolation. Um, your muscle is joined into a tendon, into a ligament, into your fascia, which joins into another part um, of your body. And it's movable, it can, what else does it do? Also a good way of thinking about it, this is hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> um, is if you had some cling film together and then between the cling film you had some um, water or oily liquid yeah. and then your fascia is like that cling film that it can slide, it can move, it's malleable and that is between muscles. Um, in your yeah, logic. I think a lot of people, I just say it's quite good to clear up because a lot of people always learn about the bones, the joints, ligaments, muscles, but the fascia is not really spoken about as much and it is yeah. vital. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was a nice little clear up. Um, so Kirsty, why did you become so interested in pelvic floor health? So I started to teach antenatal and postnatal Pilates and it felt like the next step because week in week out I'd have pregnant ladies coming into the class and you know having lots of questions around their pregnancy and around their pelvic floor so it was the next step I wanted to make sure that I was giving those ladies the best that I could give and that all of the information that maybe I'd learned along the way in physio was the right information and it was the current information as well um, a few of my my friends have started having babies. Um, so watching, babies. <laughs> yeah, so watching them go through their pregnancies and the changes that happen in pregnancies is, is just amazing and very interesting. I also felt sometimes they didn't get all of the information about what you can actually do during pregnancy and what you can do after pregnancy in terms of exercise. But also there's so much information out there. What's the right information? Yeah, you yeah. know, Dr. Google, you can Google anything and that's not necessarily the right thing to do because there's just so much information. So I guess I want to be that person that people come to talk to and get the right information. Um, we don't talk about our pelvic health enough. I don't know about you, but, you know, do you talk to your friends about your family about your pelvic floor? Do you talk about your vulva, your vagina? Like, do you, have you know what? I'm reading a book at the moment and I have actually only just learned that the bit that I thought was the vagina is not the vagina. And that is the inner canal. I've only just learned this. And I'm exactly. Like, 
old enough that I should know that but I bet a lot of people don't know that <laughs> a lot of people won't know and that's why it's important to talk about your pelvic health um, and then I put a little bit here about um, the tenor lady advert because of course there is a place where you might need to wear a pad but I think for me just getting more into pelvic health and watching those adverts this doesn't necessarily have to be what the future holds for you yeah. as a woman and getting older you don't just have to accept that now because I'm older I'm going to leak and also or oh I've had a baby oh, of course I can't jump on the trampoline anymore because I leak it doesn't have to be that way and there are you know physiotherapy can help you if you have a problem with your pelvic floor well it's very similar to if someone has an injury um instead of just wrapping up the injury actually doing the physiotherapy doing the exercises and the corrective exercise to sort the problem uh, it's like it's a similar thing it's just pelvic floor uh, exactly. and it's still muscles and things like this people just don't think of it as the same um, and like I just mentioned to you that when I run, I need to pee. Like what are some other common pelvic floor issues that people have? Okay. And I'm saying people because women don't just, it's not just women that have pelvic floors, it's men as well, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all have pelvic floors. Um, so common, common issues with the pelvic floor could be urinary incontinence. So that means leaking urine way um, and that can be at a time when you jump up and down so that would be called stress incontinence okay um, or you can have urgency so you need the toilet and you need it now or you're going to have to run to the toilet um, so that's kind of having urgency you can also have more frequent going to the toilet so frequency um, and that can happen at night time as well so it's not just leaking it could be that you find that you go to the toilet a lot more than you think you should okay yeah um so it's very common urinary incontinence so one in three to one in four women leak oh wow that's a lot more than you you would think <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. it is common, but it's not normal. Okay. So if you do leak, you should see a pelvic health physio or you should go and see your GP. Because I guess for you as a PT, if you think about the amount of people you saw in a day, um, think about now how many of those people might actually um, leak. Yeah. And, and a lot of my clients are female as well. I'm actually just trying to think in my head if I... <laughs> I like I suffer from it or not. I'm trying to work out if the amount of times that I go to the toilet is common <laughs> or not. Um, so why do you think that pelvic floor and like even incontinence and things like this is such a taboo subject? Like why aren't we talking about it if so many people are suffering from problems here? I think it's because you grow up not talking about your vulva, your vagina and your pelvic floor. You know, I guess people listening can ask themselves how often they talk to their friends about this part of the body. You know, I might talk about my glutes, you know, every day to a friend, but you, maybe you don't talk about the other parts of your body. 
Um, I think sex education at school is sex equals babies, wear a condom, this is how you put a condom on. But there is, I don't remember ever then learning about the anatomy around that. I know I did go to school a long time ago, but I don't remember there being many anatomy um, classes on the vulva, vagina, the pelvic floor, or if there was, it was from a textbook that the picture doesn't actually show what is yeah. actually in the general population because there's a lot of diversity. And a great Instagram that I really, really enjoy at the moment is called the Volva Gallery. Okay. And uh, this is created by an illustrator called Hilda Draws Illustrates People's Volvas to, to celebrate diversity. Um, and some of these pictures come with stories or it might be an open question to the community. And Hilda also does educational cards as well, which are really, uh, really useful. That's really interesting that. Um, and I think as a female, we aren't ever taught that in that area, people look different. So we know that people have different hair colour, different eye colour, different genetic makeups, but that is something that if you see a textbook, you write, it's the same diagram, everything looks the same. And I think that that can be a real issue for women. Um, because at the same time, we're taught that women have different size boobs and things like this, but then people might be made to feel uncomfortable or abnormal if they're not seeing that they look like what things look like on like TV programs or films and things like this. Exactly. So it's, you know, this brings on to, it's really important to know your own vulva and vagina in the event that something does go wrong that you know you can go and get help and you know what your normal is and um I guess just going back to because we're talking about the female pelvic floor and yeah. just the vulva um the vulva gallery god I lost my words then um and just talking about that we all have pelvic floors and Hilda um the illustrator what's the right word Hmm, I've lost my word now. It's okay. <laughs> I can so try I'm female. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it, it wouldn't be defined, would it? What would be the right word? Oh, I know what you mean. I, <laughs> I can't think of what the word. I, not, do, yeah, not define. Oh, I yes. identify. I identify, identify. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Okay. <laughs> So I identify as female and Hilda identifies as non-binary. So with the pelvic floor, you know, males have pelvic floors, females, adults, teenagers, non-binary, transgender, we all have pelvic floors. So it's important that we open up this conversation to everybody and it's inclusive because we all have a pelvic floor. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> Just going back to also about common problems, because all I said about was urinary incontinence, but I had, I had a few more to talk about as well. Oh, go on. It's okay, go on. It kind of leads on to the next question a bit better, because I've not like ordered the questions very well at all. <laughs> um, so we've talked about leaking, but your pelvic floor can also be overactive, so it could be too tight so you might struggle to let go when going to the toilet you may experience painful sex 
you may have spasm sensation. And when you complete pelvic floor exercises, you find that your symptoms are worse. Um, not only can you have urinary incontinence, you can have fecal incontinence. So that can be leaking wind or feces, which is poo, if people don't know what feces is. Yeah. <laughs> and Iuga, which is the International Urinary Gynae Association, they state that one in 10 are affected, which again, I think is quite high. Um, yeah, number. more common than you would assume. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you can also um, get a prolapse. So this is when you get bulging of the pelvic organs. So where we visualized your pelvic organs being kept in place by your pelvic floor, those organs can actually kind of protrude and bulge into or out of the vagina and you might feel a heaviness or a dragging sensation that goes alongside that. So there are lots of common issues and um, that's why it's so important to see a pelvic health physio if you think you have any problems or any of those symptoms that you go and, and speak to someone about it. Yeah, and um, to touch on what you just said then, I think a lot of um, people, if they have pelvic floor problems, they just Google pelvic floor exercises and will just go to do exercises. But it might be, as you said, if their pelvic floor is too strong, that could be making, making matters worse. So it is really important to just go and see someone if you do think there is a problem. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to skip a question and go back to it. Who is most at risk with pelvic floor issues? Okay, so if you are constipated and regularly constipated, so that would be called chronic constipation, yeah. because of the bearing down um, through the pelvic floor and that straining, that can weaken your pelvic floor. If you have a chronic cough, so maybe you have a respiratory condition or maybe you smoke, and that causes you to cough on a regular basis. Again, that can weaken your pelvic floor. Pregnancy. So the changes that happen in pregnancy and you're growing a baby and that just plays extra um, strain on the pelvic floor. And when you have your baby, so you go through labor for a vaginal delivery, your pelvic floor stretches something like three times its size. Bloody hell. <laughs> So, you know, there's a big stretch on that muscle during labor. So, of course, it can be weaker. And that's why there's rehab that you should have following um, giving birth. Just because you maybe don't have a vaginal delivery, so maybe you have a C-section, it doesn't mean that you're going to not have leaking. Because, again, you've been pregnant, you carried your baby for nine months, so you can still get pelvic floor weakness. Um, if you have connective tissue disorders, so you have more laxity in your connective tissue, again, that can, um, that can cause some pelvic floor dysfunction. Increasing age um, and around the menopause, so peri or post menopause. Yeah. Because there's changes in your hormones, this actually has an impact on your fascia and the strength of your fascia. But also just thinking about other groups of people. So it's not just elderly people or if you have 
been pregnant. If you do high impact sports or combative sports, you can have pelvic floor weakness. I used okay. to be, I used to be a gymnast and I remember when we used to do um, training and fitness stuff and we'd have to do like repetitive straddle jumps, like repetitive really quickly for like a, you know, a certain amount of time. And I used to remember thinking, I found it really difficult to hold, you know, hold on. Yeah. So it's not just, it, you know, it can affect people throughout their, you know, throughout their life. And on the flip side of being very active is also um, being immobile that can also weaken your pelvic floor. So basically the majority of the population can experience <laughs> pelvic floor issues. So yeah, basically uh, you could experience pelvic floor problems. Yeah, because I've listed quite a long list of things there that I'm sure a lot of people listening could relate to yeah. in their life. Um, and I put a little interesting piece of research here that in 2011, Bo et al. studied fitness instructors. And from this, they found that one in four yoga and Pilates instructors actually reported urinary incontinence. Uh, so I just thought that was quite interesting um, for people to think about as well. <laughs> yeah, because they're the people you'd think would know them and have it all together I suppose exactly yeah. so you know think about your instructor friends have you had the conversation with them you know do you leak do you no. have any pain in your pelvic floor um, I'm going to definitely exactly. you'll yeah. be asking everyone now as soon I know. As you the phone. can I just ask you about your pelvic floor <laughs> as soon as I'm back in work I'm just going to be questioning all my clients how to tell them. <laughs> but is it something like I have clients that have children. I have clients that have recently had children and it is, it is a problem that isn't, isn't discussed as much. And that's through not having the knowledge. And it is something that needs to be discussed because it like, as you said, um, people who train a lot can um, have problems with the pelvic floor. So for my clients, they might have problems that could be kind of, dealt with that I just don't know have any clue about at all um, so what can women do to look after their pelvic floor more okay so firstly see a pelvic health physio um, if or your GP because of course you need to be able to access a pelvic health physio so if you think you have a problem with your pelvic floor, you can speak to your GP and they can refer you to a pelvic health physio or I work privately. You can also pay to see a pelvic health physio. So I guess that's the first thing to think about. Yeah. Um, but then you can do pelvic floor exercises. So I guess people might have heard this be talked of as Kegels, doing your Kegels, which is doing your pelvic floor exercises basically. But I guess before you say to someone, just do your pelvic floor exercises, you need to make sure you're activating the right muscles because you could be doing your pelvic floor exercises four times a day, every day, and maybe your symptoms aren't getting better. Perhaps it's because you're not quite activating the right muscles. So how do you activate your pelvic floor? So in some research that Crotty did, if you cue anus back passage, that gets the best 
global activation of the pelvic floor. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk you through it. You can you I don't can her, but I'm kind of doing it at the same time. <laughs> you can have a go if you want to. So if you think about squeezing anus back passage and then lift up and forwards to the pubic bone and then fully relax. So if we go back to some visualizations, if you imagine you had an escalator and that escalator started at your tailbone, your coccyx, and it traveled all the way to your pubic bone. Think about that activation. You get on the escalator, that's where you squeeze your back passage. As you lift up and forwards is you moving up the escalator all the way to the top, which is your pubic bone, and then you get off the escalator, which is where you let yourself relax. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really important that you relax your pelvic floor because if we look at a more simple, not simple, if we look at your elbow, when you bend your elbow and straighten your elbow, your bicep goes through its full range. If we think about the pelvic floor, if you don't relax your pelvic floor in between exercises, it's not going to be going through its full mobility. Yeah. So the activation is important and so is the relaxation. And also thinking about using your breath. Um, so you're going to use your out breath as you activate and use your in breath as you relax which is also important going back to training is making sure that your clients are breathing. Oh, that's my number one with my clients. Honestly, I just say all the time, breathe, because you would not realize how many people hold their breath when they're trying to do an exercise. Exactly. And my friend Charlotte will, will love this is that when I have a client in front of me in my physio clinic, I always ask, do you breathe? You know, let's look at your breathing. Are you breathing well? Because if when we go back, if we went back to talking about the diaphragm and the pelvic floor, they work together. So if yeah. we're not breathing properly and using our breath, our pelvic floor won't be working as efficiently. Oh yeah, like people, I, people don't understand the concept of breathing and engaging your core muscles at the same time. Yeah. That's and a real struggle for me to try and get across to my clients. Yeah, and it does take some practice. And especially if you've had um, pain, you've had an injury, or you've you know been pregnant, there will be changes to your breathing pattern. So it's getting that synchrony back, which sometimes people can struggle with. Um, but you can get there. You just got to practice. Yeah. Um, so I guess also it, just talking about pelvic floor exercises, you know, how many do you need to do? Your rehab, if you have pelvic floor dysfunction or a problem, is always going to be individual to you. But if you were just thinking about aiming for a number, you could aim for 10 quick squeezes. So quick squeeze, full relaxation. And then you could aim to do holding for longer. So holding for up to 10 seconds. And you could try and repeat that 10 times. And okay. you could repeat that four times a day. But really don't worry if you can't hold for 10 seconds or do 10 quick squeezes. You're going to start what you can manage and then you're going to build up from there. 
Um, if you wanted some help to remember doing your pelvic floor exercises, there's an NHS app called the Squeezy app, which you can download and you can use to help you with your pelvic floor activation. Uh, I feel like I've said quite a lot there. But... You know what? You're going to be my longest podcast so far. I don't <laughs> mind because this, this, but this is because it's not talked about at all. It's like trying to cram as much in as possible. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, I guess it's also important to look at the other muscles in your body. So when you're activating your pelvic floor, you're not just squeezing your bum cheeks together. You're not clenching your jaw. You're not lifting your shoulders up towards your ears. That the activation is coming from yeah. the floor. So just Every watching out for kind of that, you know, those techniques where you try and use every other muscle in your body to get your your pelvic floor going. Yeah, everything tries to overcompensate all the yeah, time. Exactly, and. You know, it's not just about doing those Kegels or your pelvic floor activation. That's, of course, great as a starting point. But it's also important to stay active because your pelvic floor, if we go back to our friend Thomas Myers, is, um, is part of the deep front line. So co-activation of the muscles along the same myofascial line will strengthen your pelvic floor. And there's a lady called Jenny Burrell, and she um, works a lot with um, women in fitness. Um, I think she does, she's a PT, she does um, release work and lots of other things. Um, she used a probe and basically did squats, lunges, all different kinds of exercises. And your pelvic floor is lots more active when you do say if we call it functional exercises yeah um, over just doing your kegels so your kegels have a place but also being active has a place as well and if you think your pelvic floor is weak you can practice something called the knack so the knack is activating your pelvic floor during activities that you do in the day so maybe that's lying up in bed yeah. Sitting up in bed, that makes more sense. <laughs> sitting up in bed. <laughs> Lying down, sitting up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or standing up from a chair or getting your laundry out of the washing machine. You can add that activation um, into those um, activities and that can help as well. Yeah, that's well, that's similar to um, what you just said about integrating the pelvic floor exercises into movements. Um, we do a similar thing in my line of work in PT where we say don't just do core exercises, integrate core strengthening into the exercises you do. So you should be activating the core when you do a squat or a deadlift and the same goes for pelvic floor then. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it will be naturally being activated with your movements yeah. as well. I think another important thing of how you can look after your pelvic floor is being educated in the area. So of course, I've given a brief overview of the pelvic floor here, but just further educating yourselves. So I've got some nice Instagrams here that um, people can follow. Um, so there's some physios, um, Helen Keeble, um, Gronya Donnelly, and Emma Brockwell. There's some nice Instagrams to follow. And Emma actually 
has produced a return to running guide and it's with a number Ooh. of other physios but as we're talking about pelvic health and as a pelvic health physio um, and so you could use it as a PT or anybody working um, with women and helping them to return to running after having a baby and it just you know shows you the things to look for and the stages that should, somebody should be and what they should have achieved before they actually return to running so that's um oh that's really interesting yeah and then of course you can also look at the mummy mot because i'm a practitioner of the mummy mot <laughs> <laughs> so take a look at uh their website oh no their instagram as well um i also listened to a really nice podcast the other day which i think podcasts are a really nice way of taking on information i hope so <laughs> <laughs> They are, they are. <laughs> um, and again, it's actually Emma Brockwell that was part of this um, podcast. And her podcast was on pelvic health and, you know, your pelvic floor postnatally. Um, but also the, the podcast just talks about frequently asked questions. And it was quite a nice way to listen to some questions that women had asked and have them answered by different experts in those fields. So for any expecting or new mums I thought that was quite a nice um, podcast to listen to and I guess just sticking with the whole um pregnancy and postnatal some midwife instagrams that I really really like oh yeah um so there's one called urban hatch and that is a couple of midwives in Hong Kong and they have a lovely instagram about all things pregnancy relationships and you know labor and the modern midwife and she actually has a book my friend's got the book because she's pregnant at the moment and the book is really good so if anyone wants a little book to read and then midwife pip i just think all of those instagrams are very nice instagrams to become more educated on everything around pregnancy i hope people have a notepad for this episode <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you've written it down so i can follow them all Exactly. Um, and like I just I also just want to talk about as well before we kind of finish things um how as an industry do you think so not just fitness health and fitness how can we be more open to topics like this I think it's just about opening up the conversation and if you are a clinician a practitioner or you work in well-being or you're a PT it's you leading the question and of course it is a sensitive subject for some people especially especially if they have a problem so it's going into that subject with care um, you know making it a safe environment that people can talk talk about their pelvic floor but if you think about if you are providing or prescribing an exercise, you would say, you know, say you're doing some squats, you might say, how do your quads feel with that exercise? You know, do you feel like you can manage that weight? Um, you know, do you have any pain? We'd always ask that question. So why are we not asking the question around the pelvic floor? You know, if you're you want someone to do a a weighted exercise maybe you want them to do it quite dynamically and you want them to repeat the exercise it's opening up that conversation and saying you know how does your pelvic floor feel in that exercise do you have any heaviness is there any dragging 
Um, have you seen that the person's tummy domes outwards or it kind of blows outwards? Um, and if you see any of those things, ask the questions. Do you have any problems? And then, you know, just refer on. We don't all have to know everything yep. about a subject. And also there's always more to learn in a subject and just knowing who you can refer on to. Um, and also speaking to your mum, speaking to your auntie, your uncle, your friends, you know, try open up the conversation there and then let's just get talking about the pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely it needs to be spoken about more. And as you said, like just passing it on, we don't all need to have the answer. It's okay if you don't know, find yeah. someone that does know. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, I'm in the, in the opposite way round. If I've got a client that wants to, you know, do lots of strength and conditioning, I'm going to speak to, you know, a PT or somebody that specializes in that area because, you know, we can't all know everything. And, you know, I'm sure you've got lots of friends that have lots of expert um, parts of their training and it's using those people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're a nice little network. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on to like a whole new thing. Mm. You have this new wellness project called Create, Eat, Move. Yes. Like, what is that? Just give us some info. <laughs> <laughs> so Create, Eat, Move was co-founded with me and my best friend, Lauren Wall. I'll say her whole name. <laughs> And we used to host pop-up events basically to support mental health and well-being through creativity, through nutritious food and through movement in the kind of hope that each event was focused on a different area so that each person could find their own therapy from an activity they enjoy. So we've done live drawing events with kind of positive body image. We've done Pilates brunches. We did a supper club um, and then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had to think about new ways of kind of carrying on our wellness project. So we've decided to go online. <laughs> um, so it'll be Create Move will be online and we're going to have a website. And part of that website, we're going to have a directory of local well-being services um, you know in the hope to have a bit of a community so that if you say wanted to improve your well-being or you wanted to do some breath work or you were struggling with your mental health you could come onto our website and you could find some therapists you could know who to call if you need if it was an emergency you know who you should contact yeah um, and just having it there in one place that you can find it easy to look at the information. And we're also going to be doing a subscription, but I'm not going to go too much into that because otherwise <laughs> there'll be nothing for us to launch when we launch <laughs> at the end of November. <laughs> well, we can just look out on your Instagram page yeah. at the end of November. Exactly. Yeah. Follow Create Eat Move and see what we're up to and keep your keep your eyes peeled, really. Perfect. And where else can we find you, Kirsty, if people want to ask any more questions about pelvic health or anything to do with what we've spoken about today? So you can find me. My Instagram is at KB Physio and Pilates. And I have my own home studio and my own 
home physio room. I also work for Altius Healthcare in Hale. Oh, and I also work in Bury and in town for them. So you can find me in lots of places yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Altius. And of course, if you wanted to practice Pilates with me, you can find me back at Block when it reopens. Or you can actually find me on Block TV. Oh, um, cool. I've got an on-demand like on demand service. Yeah, I'm, I'm on there on the on-demand service. And then of course we have our Create Eat Move, which is just at Create Eat Move. Oh, thank you so much, Kirsty, for today. I, I've learned so much. Oh, I hope you have learned. I'm not, I'm not going to edit anything out of this podcast because I think it's all just useful content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, um, there's more to pelvic health than that. That's, you know, a brief overview. And oh, yeah, I forgot to say, if you do think you've got a problem with your pelvic floor, please talk to your GP, please talk to a pelvic health physio. You know, the information that I've given today is information. It's not to replace any rehab you're already doing or any information you've already received or diagnosing any problems. Um, there are people that can help. So reach out to those practitioners. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I guess I hope you've learned lots today. And I hope um, people listening um, have found it interesting to learn about the pelvic floor. Yeah, I, I, I can't see why they won't have done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right, what I'm going to do.